Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 370, covering Terra Prime, and these are the voyages with Gav Brown. Oh, friends, this is it. This is this is the promised land. This we, is the we, finale. We made it. We, we, we made it. I promised myself I wasn't going to cry. Well, then don't. It's too late. <laughs> also, as as befits a finale, Gav is here. Mm-hmm. The human adventure is, is over. <laughs> Finally. God, I thought Please this human adventure human would adventure. never end. <laughs> Please exit the human adventure to your left and check for any belongings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So I, we we typically obviously do, you know, uh, half a show on one episode, half on the other. I feel like we're probably going to rush through Terra Prime a bit just because there's so much to talk about with the second one. And because Terra Prime so, sucks. Yeah. Are we really going to make that distinction at this point? <laughs> yep, I'm going to make this distinction. Terra Prime sucks. As opposed to all the other Enterprise episodes that were so rich, nuanced, and, oh, and just no, fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I'll say they suck, too. They do. Each individual yeah. episode of this show sucks. Even the ones that were good suck. Well, there weren't very many that were good, and even most of those were good for Enterprise. Yep, and they sucked. Yeah. They were the well, suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. <laughs> I gotta go, my damn wiener co-host is listening. <laughs> hey. No, that was you talking about me. Oh, hey. <laughs> so, uh, with that said, we do have a, a, you know, we obviously are here to cover all the episodes, so we should discuss it somewhat, and Matt has written a summary, we're not gonna, like, ignore that, so mm-hmm. Matt, why don't you tell us what happens in Terra Prime? All right, so RoboCop hijacks all of Earth's broadcasts so he can deliver his racist ultimatum throughout the world, and the Enterprise completely fails to cancel said broadcast. How ironic. They nailed cancel they nailed canceling their own. So the mayor from Buffy consults with the council and they decide to just blow up Robocop's big space wheel, which will incidentally also kill everyone on the Mars colony. I guess nobody invented the whole needs of the many thing yet. Or needs of the few. Whatever. They're gonna kill a lot of people. So Archer's plan is to sneak in a covert commando team, featuring exactly no Makos, but exactly one flocks, and take out Terra Prime from the inside. Meanwhile, on Big Space Wheel, T'Pol and Trip are bonding over the bonding with their baby, and Trip is fighting racism by punching a black guy in the face. It it makes sense in context, not really. After that, there's a lot of running around. The mayor decide tries to kill a bunch of people without turning into a snake, but Hoshi won't let him. And Archer and Robocop punch each other for a while. Eventually, enough punching has happened that racism is over, and then Archer delivers a speech that unites the Federation, because that's how Enterprise works. Oh, also, Travis's girlfriend isn't actually a traitor, and then the real traitor blows his brains out, and Trip and T'Pol's baby Elizabeth dies, and Trip cries, and I cry because it's Trip and I love him. The end. <laughs> well, you're very attra- attached to Trip, and you'll, you'll be sad that he has his... Uh, yeah. Yeah. When you when you watched this one and didn't see the other one yet, I was just like, "Oh, you're gonna, ooh, man. yeah, you're yeah, still, you're still pretty pretty stuck on that guy, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> what a great <laughs> character! Uh-huh. I look forward uh-huh. to many great adventures with him after this, <laughs> and the implication that he'll go on to many more. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much. Trip Tucker around forever. <laughs> Star Trek's first uh, uh, immortal. <laughs> Turns out a diet of catfish is really good for you. Yeah, he's just one of those, like, there's nothing magic or special about him. It's just one of those, I don't know, I smoke 10 packs a day and I'm still here. <laughs> yep, he's perfectly fine. So, he's just living with an energy being on another planet. <laughs> I, 
I mean, that is the style of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very fashionable around this period. <laughs> so, Gav, I have to ask, did you did you watch the first part? I know, obviously, a lot of you uh, regular guests are not following along because why would you? But um, did, have you no. recently seen the first part before I, you watched it? I literally this? just watched the second part. Okay. Good cho- good mean, choice. You have, yeah, you have everything you need in the previously on. I'm pretty sure you're fine. Yeah. Well, I had that on, obviously, okay. last week's show, so that's vaguely yeah. how I and knew what was vaguely happening. Racism or something. You've seen it before, right? Like, you've you've watched all of Enterprise prior to us covering it, I, right? I watched it when it was out, so, what, yeah. 15 years ago, something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it's been quite a while, but, I mean, you know, you, you have seen it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just, just to be clear, because... Not like there's much to know. I mean, there are space racists, and then our guys do their thing. The end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That left. Did you did you manage to find a good thing in all of this? Uh, did I? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I was very pleased when I did. Mm. Uh, yes, I, I like that Robocop wears a 20th century suit, so he's like mm-hmm. someone he's uh, stuck in the past. So, so he's just like one of these right-wing racist people who are just living in the 19th century, but in this case, it's the, the, good, the good old program. days. Yeah. Right. Although the fact that he says he's been a miner all his life and he's wearing the suit reminds me of the Monty Python sketch about the well-dressed miner coming back to his father playwright. <laughs> you just want me to say tungsten carbide drills, don't yeah. you? <laughs> but father! <laughs> <laughs> Something they use in mines, father. It's something they use in mines, father. <laughs> so now I want to oh, watch, uh, watch Peter Weller doing that. Yes. Uh, it's it's interesting because uh, this was actually my bad thing for the previous episode, that he wears an old suit, because I, I saw that as kind of a symbol of them not bothering to dress it up in any kind of space. They're just like, uh, you know what a racist look like, like this. Fine. <laughs> We're not going to Star Trek it up even a little bit. This is just what it is. But if you if you're proposing that they did it to reflect that he's stuck in the past, that's pretty good. I don't know if they're that good, but uh, oh, I don't propose yeah. they did that. I'm just saying it's good that oh, it works okay. out that way. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's right. plus. Yeah. It gives me a good thing. <laughs> well, they're few well, and that... far between. So, isn't that the best thing? <laughs> managing to find a good thing. <laughs> so that's two good things. I found a good thing. Yeah. It's just like last week. It's such a waste of Peter Weller because he's a good actor, better yep. than this show usually gets, and he's he makes a good villain. Yeah, just not this one. No, I love Peter Weller, and he just spends this entire episode just like I'm going to stop all the aliens, Captain Archer. Uh huh. Dead or alive, oh. you're coming with me. <laughs> I I didn't. Oh well. Oh. And oh, as as much paycheck? as I I I think we said this last week. As much as I ended up not liking um. Uh, into Darkness for a few different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, he was good in it. Oh, sure. And he was a better villain in that, I think. Mm-hmm. As, then he was Admiral sort of... Robocop as opposed to just regular Robocop. Right. Not businessman Robocop, but... Uh, Business Robocop comes movie. with everything you see here. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's like one of the action figure variants from the Robocop animated series, the ill-conceived... Let's make a cartoon out of this hard R-rated movie. Oh, so you've got, like, uh, Ice Robocop and Jetpack Robocop and Business <laughs> yeah. Robocop. Yeah, Businessman Robocop was... comes with a uh, suitcase with a newspaper and banana. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get my potassium. <laughs> That's what it says when you push a button. Hump day, Karen. <laughs> Mondays, am I right? <laughs> 
Oh, oh no, I want to watch a Robocop cartoon that's crossed yeah. over with Garfield. <laughs> oh, I was thinking Office Space, but that's also good. I hate normal. <laughs> I was thinking Office Space so he could pull out his giant Robocop gun and shoot the printer. That would be fine, too. <laughs> Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> That goes against everything he learned in RoboCop 1. This fantasy is completely out of whack. I blame Frank Miller. As well you should. For most things. Speaking of old out-of-touch white guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Matt, what'd you manage to find for a good thing? Yeah, Trip's punch is a racist in the face. It made me very happy. Yeah. There's a point in the episode where where this racist guy is talking about how much T'Pol and his baby sucks. Mm-hmm. And Trip gets real mad and sort of stands up, and the guy's like, "Oh, oh, are you gonna try something? Fine, come at me." And Trip sort of thinks about it for a second, then goes, "All right," and punches him in the face. That's everything <laughs> I like very, about Trip, right there. It's a very like '70s TV thing to me. Like, yep, and not necessarily in a bad way, but you'd see that in a I don't know Starsky and Hutch or a Rockford Files or something mm-hmm. like that. It's probably why I liked it. Yeah, you are a you are a. Uh well-established Rockford fan, so that makes sense. Just stands up. Nobody calls me chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Again, though, punching the racist, the black man racist in the face. Uh, Don't know what you're doing there, Star Trek. Bit of a bit of a mixed message there, but Mm -hmm. as you pointed out last week, I feel like they think they were being progressive there. Right? But, uh... They're not. No. Just... No. Your plan didn't work, Star Trek. <laughs> uh, my good thing is actually, like, a legit, and and again, we usually pick design things, or uh, in this case, a sort of a sci-fi concept that has nothing to do with the actual story. Um, but we learn how the terraforming process works, because in, in this case, we have some, like, um, sort of sealed Martian colonies, but the planet hasn't been terraformed to the point where people can just live there yet. Mm-hmm. And... Um, one of the things, and I probably have this all wrong, and anyone who knows about science will probably write in and say that I've got it all wrong, but, but the, the gist of it is if we can get water to Mars and then plants, this is what I've read, we, we can start making it livable for us over a long period, but the problem is water is very heavy and it's hard to get it there, mm. and they solve the problem by crashing comets into the planet, like, that are full of ice, which then can melt into water. And I thought that was very clever. That's a good idea. Yeah. And we see in the future of, um, I don't think it appeared in the original series, but definitely in Next Gen and DS9, that they do they have settled Mars. Utopia Planitia is where they build ships. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see the beginnings of that and to see how that got started and how they made the planet livable. And I don't know. That's the kind of stuff I like. I've also got that cool Carl Sagan uh, memorial thing there. I like that too. Yeah. And uh, I believe the uh, one of the robot rovers was there, like as a as a memorial kind of thing. Oh, I was gonna say that sad robot rover still traveling all around Mars. <laughs> <laughs> when will I go home? Oh God, that comic <laughs> that turns it into a sad dog just gets me every time. It sings happy birthday to itself, Matt. I've been here for three hundred years now. Can I come home now? Am I a good dog? It's oh, very it cold on Mars. Yeah, but no, I like I like that they showed how that like without going into unnecessary prequel mode it's mm-hmm. just sort of a, a small detail of the episode yeah and i don't know that was pretty cool mm-hmm. okay let's do bad things gav what do you got <laughs> what is my bad thing oh oh dear here we go um <laughs> <laughs> well 
Trip has to search around the room at one point, and I just thought his acting was awful in that bit. Because he just yeah. wildly exaggerated um, <laughs> motions to, to, to show that he's searching this room instead of, you know, just searching a room. Yeah, it's like it's like a who's line scene where you're just doing that really broad <laughs> pantomime. Where could it be? Put your put put your hand over your uh, the top of your eyes. Like, huh? Where is it? I don't know. Do big shrug. All right, I heard man searching a room. Okay. <laughs> yes, Looks and I bed. can't find my wallet. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely some over the top acting in this, and not like fun, campy, over the top sure. acting either. Just. Yeah. Normally, I don't notice if it's like there's there's a range that I don't notice if it's bad or good acting, but if it's straight uh-huh. outside that, it's like wow. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially since Trip like obviously got to Matt for real, like with his actual emotions, mm-hmm. it seems even more noticeable when like like he's selling you on some heavy melodrama, and then he does something dumb, <laughs> like you notice it even more, you know. So. I don't know. Matt, what do you got? Uh, I got uh, Trip is sad at the end, and it made me sad. (laughs) (laughs) I am a real soft touch when it comes to very specific things, and Trip sitting Uh down with T'Pol going, well, uh, I found, uh, talked to Dr. Flux, and it turns out that um, if it had been a real baby, it probably would have survived, which is nice for people in the future. And I'm just like, Trip, I love you. See, at some point, I fell out of love with Trip. Mm-hmm. I, I, I legit love that you're still into him, but I clamped to that character like a goddamn life preserver. They just they they did so much crap with him in season three. I just he mm-hmm. couldn't come back for yeah, it. Yeah, that was a rough season. Yeah, but the nice thing is, I could take my hatred for all the choices they made for him in season three and just turn it into overall hatred for all of season three. So well, Trip comes fair. out of it blameless. Well, all right, <laughs> just everything well. was terrible in season three. It's a good thing everything ends great for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, and, Rich and full life. My my bad thing is basically it also has to do with the uh, the whole trip into Paul's baby thing, which is okay. Terra Prime is again like all you know, uh, sort of purity, like racist purity uh, organizations, is against the crossbreeding of humans in this case with aliens. And they demonstrated this by creating a human-Vulcan hybrid baby. Yep. What? My my favorite part of this terrible plan is when uh, Robocop goes on to, on the on the TV and just like, look at this, this abomination created when two braces are joined together, and he shows a picture of an adorable baby sleeping. Yeah. Here's look. It's it's little pointed ears makes you think it's an elf, which makes it even cuter than a normal baby. What a horrible thing to be, to happen. It's just sitting also, there, like looking at the camera. Aw, we we cooked it in our lab. It, this isn't even the result of a human and a Vulcan having sex. We made this. Uh-huh. And this is the thing that we're saying. Ah, oh, just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's a great plan, Robocop. You really nailed it. <laughs> All it did was make tripping to Paul sad, and so <laughs> that yeah, wasn't enough. It just, I'm sure uh, that cost a lot of money as well. Oh yeah. Oh they yeah. Could have spent that. I don't know. He could have bought a new suit or something. I just okay. So what? What's the plan here exactly? Well, we're gonna make a Robocop. We're gonna make a trip to Paul baby, and then you know, show it to people, and mm-hmm. they'll be so shocked by it. Well, I mean, if you're trying to rile up racists and you say, "Here's like, here's what we're afraid of," it actually happened. Mm-hmm. I get that, but I 
it feels like they're a small minority and the the general populace is going to say, okay, they had a baby. Good for mm -hmm. them. Yeah, I think I really think they need to focus on the shooting the moon part of their plan. I think that's probably where they're going to get more headway. Well, you know, sometimes you got to control the message and they, they chose the wrong part. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that because he, he misheard the expression shoot for the moon and he was just like, oh, got to shoot the moon. Guys, yeah, guys, it's going to be say, okay. Right? He, always shoot for the moon because even if you miss, you'll hit some stars and that'll make people mad. So is he shooting at stars too? <laughs> yeah. He's just shooting yeah. at everything in space. He fucking hates space. Well, <laughs> at this point, I kind of do too. So. <laughs> Look at all the horrible things space has brought us. Ah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, the, the only other thing I wanted to comment on was that, uh, we have the standard, especially in a two-parter where you're drawing everything out, the standard, like, uh, Archer faces down the villain and the villain gives his, uh, we're not so different, you and I speech. And in this case, he's right because yeah, Archer's a bit of a xenophobe too. He sure is. And that's it. That's all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the only point I had to make was uh, the only difference between him and Archer is this guy stole access to a death ray. <laughs> Otherwise, they're exactly the same. Archer's like, I should get a death ray. <laughs> it really helped with the Zindi, who I hate because they're aliens. <laughs> uh, I, I had the thing about the guy saying, so the student has passed the teacher. Because oh. everyone says yes. that exact thing. He'd yeah, seen Star I, Wars I, earlier that day. Yeah. And, and there was the weird bit where the guy, where one of the uh, delegates was proving that there were protesters outside by not showing him, but <laughs> plays an audio clip of people protesting <laughs> in the future. Yeah. I mean, the, I could do that now with the limited resources that I have, so I feel like they could probably do it even better 150 years from now. But... It might even just be a keyring that he has with audio people protesting that he just uses everywhere. <laughs> Or like one of those magazines where you open it and it plays a clip from something. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Judge. <laughs> okay, anything else? Uh, no, you want my quote? Yeah, what do you got? All right, I got, uh, uh, T'Pol introduces herself to her baby. Hello. I'm your mother. That's something, I guess. Oh, they named the baby after Tripp's dead sister. I don't yep. know if you would mention that. So. Oh, yeah, they did do that. That's where Elizabeth comes from. Mm -hmm. so that's something relevant. Not the, not the queen, as you might have expected. Well, his sister was named after the queen, who uh, she met in a time travel accident. No, the queen is still alive in Star Trek times. Oh, that actually makes way more sense. You can't kill the queen, man. Like God, I was watching, I was watching a movie from like 1953, and like it was set in, in England, and they were going to some function where the queen was there, and it occurred to me that's the same queen. Mm -hmm. It's always the same queen. It's the same queen in the Naked Gun movies too. <laughs> yeah, but that's the 80s. This was the 50s. Like, this was like 60 years ago, 70 years ago, and like, you know, same queen. Yeah. yeah. It's always always the same one. They always just regenerate into the into a new persona. Mm -hmm. Dude, oh, you, I hear, you I can't... hear the new queen's going to be a man. People are going to be really upset. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Dude, you can't kill the queen. Can't, Canadians will have to change all their money. Oh, yeah. No, that'd be a real hassle. Yeah, she's got to be alive as long as Canada has money. Mm-hmm. So once we get to Star Trek future, you're good. Yeah, exactly. Then she can finally die. Uh, Gav, what do you got for an alternate quote? An alternate uh, title or quote? Oh, sorry. Alternate title. Yeah, yes. sorry. Okay. 
That's how our show works. 370 <laughs> episodes and I still know. I just wasn't sure if I had to give a quote there. Oh, no, no. Um, Terror Prime, same day delivery of racists. Oh, that's very good. Matt, what do you got? Dead babies, racism, and suicide. Utopia is possible. <laughs> and I went with, uh, we barely talked about this just because we're, we're trying to get to the finale here, but there was a bit where they left Hoshi in charge for the very first time ever, and of course the last time, because this is the penultimate episode. I went with uh, all hail Captain Hoshi. Yay. So, uh, unless you guys have anything else you want to say about that, let's uh, let's push forward now to the, the last one, the long-awaited finale, These Are the Voyages. Gav, what do you got? Okay, here we go. So, here we are on the final episode of the show. It's bound to start with the regular crew. Although, isn't that nails from that better box set? Maybe this won't be bad, but I'll not put on a bet. Riker is playing a hollow program of Enterprise. As he can't make a decision, is that really wise? Troy told him to do it, but then she advised to skip ahead. You'll notice she never said that about Voyager instead. Back on Enterprise, Shran is dead. Who knew? But ignore that, as now he's alive. Well, phew. He says that certain people had to think he was deceased. I'm guessing that includes the writers, producers, and the viewers at least. Shran sends. Or Shran needs his daughter rescued, if I'm not mistaken. Oh God, he's neeson and we've all gone taken. Paul says that they shouldn't help him in her frustration as there's a charter signing of the future federation. Archer ignores her and tells her to see the chef. What is his problem? Is he bloody deaf? The chef this week is played by Jonathan Frakes, but all he cares about is trip heartaches. After that, he watches the rescue being planned. A fake jewel has been made. It's all in hand. He skips ahead to the arrival at Rigel 10 on the shuttlecraft trip and insists to Paul he'll see her again. He also signs a life insurance policy and makes out a will. No, not Will Riker. What would that fulfill? <laughs> Shran and Paul meet with the kidnappers to hand over the gem. The daughter is then handed back to them. The, dem, the gem dazzles the aliens in a light kind of way. A battle ensues and they bid the aliens good day. Meanwhile, in Season 7 of TNG, Riker is sworn to Pegasus secrecy. But I'll not go down that overrun road. See Post-Atomic Horror 136 for that episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Enterprise, the pretend one, the aliens are confronting Archer with a gun. Trip takes them aside, let's see how this bodes, and with a plasma relay, he makes them explode. Alas, Trip makes the ultimate sacrifice, so Archer can make his speech. Isn't that nice? Riker and Troy leave the Enterprise behind somewhere else to leave it does spring to mind so goodbye mm -hmm. to the second best finale with jeffrey combs good work alan matt let's go back to our homes if you think this poem wasn't as good as my last ones well heck then it's just art imitating the whole of star trek oh so very good. nice matt please uh, yeah Oh, it is just as good. It, the show did not deserve a poem that good. Or a poem uh, at all. <laughs> also, I, I did want to mention, uh, we've talked about this already. We're going to, when we finish Discovery, before we start uh, doing some other stuff, we're going to go back and redo a handful of episodes we think we need to revisit. Mm -hmm. And one of them is the only finale that Gav, uh, uh, he had a scheduling conflict and couldn't make it uh, for the DS9 finale. Yes. So there is one more poem at least. So uh, look forward to that. Gav's like, so I didn't good. know this. Yeah, no, we talked about it. <laughs> he may have forgotten, but uh, oh gosh, shit! Right. Now I gotta write another get, fucking get poem. The rhyming dictionary out. <laughs> <laughs> what rhymes with Ferengi? Damn it! <laughs> Jem Hadar. Ooh, Algar and Jem Hadar. There's one for you. <laughs> All right, um, and actually, that's half uh, of it written already. Good work. Yeah. 
Um, we actually also, uh, uh, Matt and I each composed some thoughts just because this is such an auspicious occasion. Not only the end of another series, but also the end of, like, everything we set out to do from the beginning. Yeah, like, this was the, this was when, when we started, this is where we were going to end. Yeah, eight years ago, we said, okay, if we make it, it'll be to the end of Enterprise, and then we're done. And here we are. So we actually wrote some stuff, too. We have some final thoughts. So, mm -hmm. Matt, what do you have? All right, I have a little tradition here on the old post-atomic horror when we finish a series. It gives me a chance to reflect on all the cast members, give them a nice send-off, or not so nice if you're Chekhov, Bever, Worf, or Special Boy. <laughs> so good night and goodbye, Enterprise. You fucking turd biscuit. God, you were the worst thing to happen to me in the past eight years. And I moved to America just before Trump got elected. So good night, Flux. You were great. I wish you were just, like, the main character. Never stop clipping those horrible toenails. Good night, Trav Travis? Tra Travis. Travis. <coughs> All right. Uh, practical jokes, ghost stories, guns, masturbation. I think that covers it. Good night, Hoshi. All hail Emperor Hoshi. Good night, Malcolm. Good night and don't touch anything. <laughs> no, stop, stop, stop that. Ah, gross. Good night, Porthos. Good boy. Good night, Shran, you best character on the show. Good night to Paul. I don't even know where to start apologizing for the last four years. Like, good lord. Just, I'm sorry all about all of it. Every episode. Jesus Christ, you deserve better than whatever the hell all of that was. <laughs> good night, Trip. You beautiful, perfect, boat building, catfish eating, harmonica playing, giant beagle riding, face blown off having... Dead sister also having. DePaul fucking, maybe it gets a little confusing. Clone having, coma being in, pirate killing with two electrical sockets, beautiful boy. I love you and you're perfect and there's no more pain for you in heaven. Jonathan Archer. <laughs> Jonathan fucking Archer. You are... Without a doubt, the worst thing to ever happen to Star Trek. Everything you've said and done for the past four years has been proof of a complete and utter lack of understanding about the basic foundations that Trek is built upon. You are a fucking monster and one of the worst characters I have ever seen on a television series. I hate you, I hate your stupid garbage show, and I look forward to spending the rest of my life forgetting that you ever existed. Good day. Uh, Gav, could you also join me in some applause because this is... Uh... Yes, definitely uh, deserve good, very good luck very following good. that oh no mine is my I, well let me just say i don't have much more to say about enterprise that i haven't said already which is honestly part of the reason it's so frustrating to be doing podcasts about it for an entire year because we've said it already even this part about how we've said it all already <laughs> so instead uh i didn't write anything i wanted to use this opportunity to share a few choice quotes from other people all of these come directly from the team responsible for enterprise and are taken from book two of Edward Gross and Mark Altman's excellent oral history of the franchise, The 50-Year Mission. We talk about this book a lot, and that's because next to Memory Alpha, it's by far the most informative resource we have about everything that went into making Trek. It's been an indispensable resource for this podcast, and you should absolutely pick up a copy if you haven't already. Right. Okay. Here we go. We wanted a Vulcan babe, like Savick, Brandon Braga on the casting of T'Pol. I don't want to be too disparaging of past incumbents, but we really did have a very good cast who had some fucking talent. Dominic Keating, the guy who played Malcolm. Oh. The song we ended up with was awful. I still cringe when I hear it. And by the way, I think the song had a lot to do with people's adverse reaction to the show. Brandon Braga. 
I thought that if you really break it down, in the middle of the second season, we were kind of flowing into that Zindi arc, and I thought the show from then on never really slowed down. I love that whole arc, and that's where I thought the show just got better and better. Scott Bakula. What the show needed was probably a better showrunner, quite frankly. Brandon Braga. <laughs> that episode was a bit of a mess. Jeffrey Combs on the finale. I don't think that was our finest hour. Jonathan Frakes on the finale. Unfortunately, the script was written and we were just going to shoot it. There wasn't a whole lot I could do. It just is what it is. I'm still asked about it to this day, and I think it was a mistake doing it. Brandon Braga on the finale. Yep, that all checks out. <laughs> this is a group of people that knows they made garbage. Mm -hmm. That one from the guy who played Malcolm, man. Well, I don't want to say too much about the other. Uh, like, they all suck, but we know that, right? But I'm, I don't want to say that. Like, <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> The worst actor on the worst show saying that, too. I, I do like, unfortunately, the script was written. Yeah, you wrote it. Yeah, yeah. you did, like... He and Berman wrote it. There yeah. was nothing I could do. You fucking wrote it! Oh, God. No, I went back this week and reread the parts about that because when I read it the first time, I hadn't seen the show yet, and so a lot mm -hmm. of it was kind of hypothetical to me. I didn't really understand what they were talking about, so I wanted to go back and see it with new context. And there's so many, like... I, I limited this to a certain number because I didn't want to just read quotes the whole time. But you could have gone all day. There's so much in there. <laughs> there's, there's a bit about when Manny Cotto takes over for season four and Rick Berman says, why don't we set all of season four during World War II? Just stay there. Oh, my God. What? What? Just, <laughs> yes. oh, boy. And Manny Cotto said, if, if you want that, then I don't want to be showrunner after all. Yeah, no. If you want that, I quit. Well, good. I can come back. Yeah. Oh, man. There's also a quote that says that uh, Braga didn't actually leave like everyone thinks he did. He was still hanging around and contributing things. So, Oh, dear. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't know that. That answers a couple of questions. Yeah. Like, where so, did Brendan Braga go and what was he up to? <laughs> Turns out here and this. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is, is very infamous uh, for being framed as a next-gen story that looks back at Enterprise, and a lot of people hated that. Yep. I, I get that. I really do. But uh, that's not why I thought it was bad. I don't know. What do you Oh, guys there's think? so many reasons why it was bad. We could, like... Well, let's... I mean, what, before we even get into pick? our official things, just, just first no, thoughts. That wasn't think? the reason it was bad. Uh, I thought it was good. Well, because I get the reasoning for why they did it, because it's basically the end of a regular Star Trek on TV from, what, 1987 Yeah, they thought this onwards. might be the end of the franchise. So I yeah. think that's a perfectly cromulent reason for doing it. And that, that's <laughs> not the reason it was bad. Okay, well, let's talk about it. What do you think? What, what? Why did you think it was bad? And not even—I'm not even talking about our good and bad things yet. I just generally, what is? What was your like? Why did you not like it? Because of the main protagonists were Riker and the Enterprise crew, and they didn't. Yeah, there was nothing. They, we were basically just watching something that never happened, really. So there was no. Yeah. You know, he was talking to people, but it's just like, well, that's not going to have any, you know, impact on the story, is it? Because it, you know, it never happened anyway. Yeah, yeah no, this I, is the holodeck imagining what a what a conversation would be like. Yeah. But it wasn't real. Yeah, no, I spent a lot of this episode thinking, okay, well, what what like what actually happened? How much of this actually happened? Um, yeah, and in fact, that's what the novels use as an escape hatch for killing Trip. They say, well, the official record was changed, and he faked his own death. Yeah, I got, so, and we'll definitely get more into that in a minute. But like, there, there there's a moment in this where. Riker's talking with T'Pol about her relationship with Trip and like, does she miss him and stuff? Mm -hmm. And that turns into like her talking to Trip on the the shuttlecraft about like, you know, what ha like, 
do, do you ever miss us getting back to, back together? Like, and all I can think is like, how much of this changed from what actually happened? Yeah, did Chef really like push her to have this conversation in in real life? Yeah, yeah. Did or did did, did like Chef have a like did Riker have a script that he had to memorize? Exactly. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Also, if you're gonna do a like, okay, we're lo- like this is it. This is the very end. Why don't you celebrate all of Star Trek and not just one show that we all kind of fondly remember? That's the the, re- the reason is because this is Braga and Berman who wrote the episodes. Like, they're patting themselves on the back for remember when you guys liked us. This is the show you all liked. Yeah, like they take two characters you love from a show you love and an episode that's very good and just like ah. Huh? You can't yeah. hate this episode because look, all your favorite things are here. Yeah, but like, really, if this this should be like, if you're gonna do it this way, and first of all, I can see an argument against that, mm-hmm. but it should be like a Star Trek victory lap. You should work in as many guys as you can, Absolutely. and as really just mm-hmm. as many. And they didn't do that. And really, yeah. this no. is my bad thing. Yeah, I was just uh, gonna say. Enterprise... That, yeah, sorry, Karen. Go ahead. No, no, no. no go I was ahead. just gonna say, yeah, they didn't go far enough with the characters. They yeah. should have had more from other series. Yeah. yeah, it should have been a, a everyone takes a bow because this might be the end of everything. Like, Kirk barely gets name-checked. Like, the the classic Enterprise just sort of shows up at the end. And, like, DS9 and uh, Voyager get completely ignored. Well, I think they were focusing on the legacy of the Enterprise, which is why I, they... It seemed to me they were focusing on the legacy of Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> I that I, I agree with you there. But at the end when they just show Kirk's ship and then Picard's ship, it's because they're talking about the shit like that's what links these shows together. But I suppose that's true. But there like... are two other spin offs that a lot of us like and we didn't love Voyager. We like some things about it, mm-hmm. but it's part of it and obviously DS nine is great. Like mm-hmm. what about them? <laughs> but my my bad thing is Enterprise fans complain that this finale wasn't really about the Enterprise characters, and I, I have two thoughts about that. First, it's a valid criticism. But honestly, the next-gen framing device didn't take nearly as much away from the primary cast of Enterprise as the stuff we actually did with them. Like, I enjoy the hell out of Shran, and in a regular episode, his ridiculous adventures would have been a delight. That took up about a third of the finale. Riker and Troy took up another third. But if it had been one-third framing device and two-thirds what happened to Archer and to Paul and everyone, that would be okay. But the adventure we flashed back to was just a typical episode of the week. It didn't feel like a finale. But that brings me to my second thought which is your enterprise fans nobody cares what you think <laughs> no you're that that's my getting past the the next generation stuff the other yeah. thing i fucking hate about this show uh is how small the last episode is like yeah this should be this, the beginning of the federation and these guys riding off into the sunset and instead it's just the it's typical... just a it's just a stupid caper with shran about pirates like what no. And then I, the, the Shran stuff was great, though. Oh, like, yeah. I and I feel like this is an average day for him. Mm-hmm. You show up and uh, I faked my own death. I have to find this gem and my daughter's been kidnapped. Well, <laughs> hi, Shran. Haven't seen you in a week. <laughs> like, that's just Shran. I love that. But it doesn't. That's not the finale, man. Yeah. And like, you this mentioned is it. the ship getting uh, decommissioned, but that's just right at the beginning of this one sentence. It doesn't yeah. no, it doesn't yeah. have any any impact beyond that. Yeah. No, and we jump six years ahead and nobody looks different. No, Everyone's in the same jobs. Like, this is your opportunity. You're jumping ahead at, in the last episode. That's when you show, like, remember Parks and Rec's finale where you find out what happens to everyone? Everyone mm-hmm. gets their nice little special story happy ending. 
Like, this should be something like that, where, okay, Archer went on to do this. Trip went on to do this. I still don't really know what happened to T'Pol after this. Like, nope. doesn't matter. She's only the, the second most important person on the ship. It, uh, who cares? Yeah. Ugh. Arch- Ugh. Archer went and... on to build his death ray. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta blow up the rest of the moon. I Actually, this was a, a gift that you gave me, Matt. There's this book called Federation, which is uh, presented as like a sort of a textbook, history book kind of thing. Oh, yes. What happened after Enterprise leading into the original series, like fills in the gaps. And it's supposed to be official canon. Mm. And it takes the opportunity to give Archer credit for about 10 other things. Oh, good. (laughs) Well, there's all those years that we missed where he was doing the most important stuff and being the most important fucking character in the entire fucking franchise. So that's probably for the best. It talks about the Romulan War, and it talks about he, how he's one of the only people who actually knew the Romulans were related to the Vulcans, and it was still a secret to the rest of Starfleet until Kirk. Uh-huh. Ah. Strange how he never mentioned show. Yeah. It just... Ah. I hate him so much. <laughs> uh, Gav, what was your bad thing? My bad thing was... Um, I think my quote should go here, if that's okay. Okay. Sure yeah. thing. Rigel was the first place we visited, remember? Now it's going to be the last. Poetic justice. Okay. It's not poetic justice. <laughs> no, no, is it raining on your wedding day? How is a thing that happened and then a, the same thing happening at the end poetic justice? That's bookends. That's not bloody poetic justice. Poetic justice would be being killed by a racist. <laughs> oh, man. I want that. Oh, if only. See, trust the guy who, who summarizes the episode with a poem to know about poetic justice. <laughs> oh, that's so good. No, that's that's a pet peeve of mine as well when you get, like, and actually DS9 did this a fair amount. Like, Gul Dukat in particular loved saying, it's ironic, isn't it? And it usually wasn't. It never was. <laughs> no. Occasionally it was, but usually it was. Well, I mean, a broken clock is ro- right twice a day, Al. Like, well, there's 26 hours on Bajor, so it's right, like, one and a third times a day. <laughs> oh, shit. I never even thought of that. Damn it. <laughs> Dukat, uh, you've you got me thing. again. Uh, well, you know, we've been doing this a long time. I think about Star Trek a lot. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let's really go. I know, I knew, especially when I saw that you had summarized the last episode and you were still really, like, wrapped up in trip. I knew this was going to be your bad thing, but we really need to talk about this. What is it? They killed my boy! <laughs> I made it! It was over! We watched every goddamn episode of this stupid fucking show. And how does it end? Oh, well, in the last ten minutes, Trip explodes a fucking pirate and then kills himself. And why? Well, because it's the last episode and we should probably have some drama to finish the show out. It's so arbitrary and stupid and such a waste, just like every other fucking thing that's ever happened on this fucking show. Yep. I was so fucking mad. Not just, like... You can kill a character that I love, and, like, I can, you know, that can be, like, a big emotional arc. They did it real well in a movie called Wrath of Khan, even though they brought him back the next week. But, like, this is not, like... The Joss Whedon shows did a good job of that, too. It's the finale, let's kill some guys off, and they kind of fumbled a little, but they did it pretty well. Yeah, but, like, this was just the stupidest, out of nowhere, for no reason, some pirates show up? (laughs) And... Mm -hmm. Trip can't think of a better plan than plug two plugs together and explode? Are you kidding me? This dude's been having space adventures for ten years. He's, he may be a moron, but he's a pretty good engineer, and he knows how to get out of a scrape. And what does he think to do? Explode. Mm-hmm. I, I was furious. I think what bugged me the most about that was, and we've talked about this since the pilot, they mm-hmm. were signaling from episode one that... 
Trip and Paul were going to be a thing. Like they mm-hmm. were doing their dumb, sexy rubdown and they were having little like sarcastic snipes. And I'm like, I bet these two end up together. And we've talked about forever how it hasn't really been earned, but okay, it's, it's happening. Let's just deal with it. They're together now. Yeah. And especially in the last episode, the penultimate episode of the whole series was them looking at a baby that could have been theirs and saying, well, maybe we could have one for real and get it right this time with Flux's yep. help. We could, we could have a real baby. And it's like, okay, well, I still don't buy how we got there, but these two are going to end up together fine and they're going to have a baby and they're going to settle down. Yeah. And in this one, we jump ahead six years and they've never even kissed again and then he dies. Yep. So all of that, will they, won't they, ends up in, nah. Will they, won't they, they didn't. Yeah, but it's not even an epic, like, tragedy, well, they were destined to be together and it still didn't happen, like a Mm -hmm. Romeo and Juliet thing. It was just a meh. Yeah, whatever. That's just this show. Yeah. That's so this show. What would have made more sense was, and not because it would be fun, but because for Archer to die at the end and that gives the impetus for the Federation to happen or something like that. Oh, yes. Also, we've never seen a captain die heroically to, like, make a big thing happen. That would be such a different thing for Star Trek. Yeah, absolutely. Putting aside my death wish for Archer. Well, putting that aside for a second. Yeah. No, just dramatically, you're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. Or even the entire Enterprise to be destroyed. Oh, that would be... And again, putting aside that we don't like the show and we want them dead, that is funny. But (laughs) really, you're right. Dramatically, we've never heard of these guys again. They could do anything they wanted. Why not do something big and bold like that? That would be such a good, because we've never ended a Star Trek with, like, the captain, anybody important, or everyone just giving their lives for something. Yeah. That would be so great. Oh, God. Every time. Every time we come up with better things than they do. (laughs) Because they weren't going to make movies. They weren't going to bring the show back. No, no one's expecting movies from these idiots. this, This was the Trek. This is the first Trek show to get canceled in season four. Yeah. Like before this, it was just a given that you'd go seven years with this with a Star Trek show. Yeah. They had three in a row and a fucking Voyager got seven years. Yeah. <laughs> Anything can. Uh, they, they do point out in the seven year mission like, yeah, it was declining ratings, but also uh, uh, the 50 year mission. Excuse me. The seven year mission. Mm-hmm. Um, they point out that um, uh, Paramount or CBS, I always mix up because it changed a lot, but. A bunch of the top people changed, and they're like, why are we still making Star Trek? This isn't reality shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that like, sounds about right, honestly. A lot of it was people at the top were kind of protecting it because it's a good brand, and when the new people came in, they're like, meh, we don't care. Mm-hmm. Cancel it. So, there's that. Uh, One thing I had about Trip's do- death was, I don't know, it, yes. it seemed wildly out of character that he was seemed unduly terrified of the captain dying, as if... yeah. Well, I yep. just don't didn't get. Was that out? Just I've only seen a handful of episodes recently, but it just seen what? Why is he behaving like this? Yeah, it's it's so completely out of character for us. Early for a, on, early on, they talked about how they were great friends and and blah blah blah. But yeah, that hasn't come up in years. But like they've been doing this for ten years now. These guys have been in the shit together over and over and over again. And for him yeah. to suddenly have a fucking panic attack and hit him with a gun, like. It's so out of nowhere. This this is why I hate this so much. None of it makes any sense. No, and as ever, I've said this all along, most of the stories on this show, you could change the characters around. If T'Pol had been the one to do that, it would have mm-hmm. made just as much sense. If yep. Hoshi, like, doesn't matter. Like, there's nothing inherently trip about what happened. Yeah. 
it's it's extra irritating because he didn't even get to go out as him. He just was the guy they decided was going to die. Yeah, and I just keep coming back to this. I mean, you want to get pissed off about three Ferengis and a dog taking over the Enterprise? <laughs> like, I still do, yeah. These shitty fucking pirates who are mad at Shran, who already left, and they uh-huh. just get on the ship somehow and fucking murder somebody. Like, are you kidding me? Well, and you and I talked about this a bit before the show. You said... There's there have been good examples of stories where it's like we think this is a routine mission and everything goes horribly wrong. Yeah. And they if they had written it more competently, it could have been an interesting study of, yeah, these guys are going off. They're about to go to their most important thing ever. The 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 signing of the treaty that forms the Federation and this routine like side mission kills everybody. Yeah. Like that could have been really interesting. But instead, it just everyone was out of character and it just made no sense. Yeah. Again, I like the Shran stuff, though. Oh, yeah. In and of itself, all of that was so dumb, like, in a good way. Mm -hmm. Like, Shran, like, seriously, he had to go get a gem. Yep. (laughs) It's so goofy. I love it. He had to fight some pirates and get a gem to get his kids back, to get his kid back. (laughs) I just want my kid back. It's amazing. Like, I would have watched this as a standalone episode, and it would have probably been the best one of the show. Yep. It just, it wasn't the, like, Shran's a great character, but he's not in the credits and he's not like that's not who the main focus should be in the finale yeah ah but you know his kid was cute and that's that basically your good thing right man yeah we can do, go past this pretty quick the <laughs> trend had a cute kid okay she's green yeah, they, which is the blending of blue and white i guess oh right because he hooked up with one of those albino ones yeah yeah i forgot about that yeah so all right good work kid you nailed it you had some real good casual racism thrown in there, too. So, awesome. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be Enterprise. You know, Enterprise got an Enterprise. Thanks, pink skin. <laughs> uh, Gav, what was your Adorable. Good thing? What was my good thing? Um, I bet Plumeek Soup is nice. Wait, Shran. No, no one's picked him. Yes, he's good. It's Jeffrey Combs. He's always good. Hooray. He is always good. I like I like in your poem, you pointed out that this is the second best finale he's been in. I, I definitely caught that. That is mm-hmm. great. Oh, yeah, and he well, was... He died, he was, didn't he? Well, apparently he died. Was that recently in the show? Like, this year? Apparently. Oh, we never see him. We never saw him die on the show. The last time we saw, he was happily leaving with his new wife. Oh, right, yeah. so he was just what? dead for no reason They whatsoever. just thought he died during the time the time jump. Oh, right. No, okay. like I say, I, I assume this is a regular... Like, this happens a lot. It's like when we hear about the Klingon Empire being overthrown and houses fighting, like... In, in next gen they made it out like this had never happened before and then you realize it always happens mm-hmm. i feel like it's the same with shran like it's always something with this guy <laughs> i had to fake my own death again what is that like Just, the eighth time shran uh ninth but who's counting Look, when I beam on board, I'm Mr. Smith, okay? <laughs> Everyone just call me Mr. Smith, and I'm wearing the fake mustache and a hat. <laughs> and, and, a, and a briefcase with a uh, banana on it. <laughs> <laughs> I need my potassium pink skin. <laughs> um, my it, good thing. Is oh, that Business now. Robocop? <laughs> yeah. Potassium but they repainted it blue. No, it's Business Reanimator. Oh. Oh, of course. Uh, my good thing, oh, man, it was great seeing our friends from Next Gen again. Uh, sure, they looked older, but that's okay. These are characters I adored, and it underscores how terrible most of the characters are on the show. Like, half a Riker is worth more to me than three trips. And I like Trip, or I did at one point, 
It's hard to remember when I liked anything on the show, but I'm pretty sure I did. Really, though, I've said this before. Fan service totally works on me. That that we're not going to talk about it yet, but that last moment of discovery. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I was insane. Like I'm that I'm such a sucker for all of that. Even hearing Spiner as Data off screen, and it's an out of character like season six doing a sort of season one literal Data thing. It didn't even work, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. And seeing the Enterprise D again in HD made me realize that it's not Star Trek I've grown tired of. It's this creative's team ideas of what Star Trek is. Oh, that's like, good. Remember remember next? Oh, Star Trek. Hey, yeah. can I just leave with you guys? Just, aw. And it didn't make any sense sort of shoehorned into the Pegasus. It didn't, it, it just didn't make any sense. But I don't care. <laughs> I, I got to see Nails and Troy hanging out in uh, 10 Forward. That was pretty great. Yeah. And the back of Picard's head at one point. Oh, I, I guess I I missed. I that. assume they used footage like just footage from an episode of uh, uh, TNG, or but like a bald stand-in. You basically you basically see the back of his head for like a second. Yeah. Well, that's something. Mm-hmm. No, and it didn't belong in this episode. It didn't make any sense. And like we said, they should have taken it much further if they were going to do that. I just, in and of itself, again, like the Strand stuff. I like seeing these guys. Yeah. Reminds me of what a good Star Trek show looks like. Yeah. That's all. Looks like. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, they, they weren't particularly good. Like, the dialogue wasn't especially good. It didn't make any sense. It just, just seeing them just reminded me, that's all. Yep. But yeah, it was nice. I didn't look good seeing the Enterprise D again. Yeah. I like that ship. Yeah. But, I like that show. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. On average, it's a mostly pretty good show. When it was good, it was very, very good. Mm-hmm. When it was bad, it was Sub Rosa. <laughs> oh. Sub Rosa. I think we should watch Sub Rosa now and see if, if it's any better. <laughs> I don't think we need to do that. We are <laughs> compiling a list of a few things we need to revisit, and that will probably not make the list. Oh, no, plus mean, that's, actually, stuck, that's a pretty good episode. If you, yeah, you watch it and think, yeah, like you say, pretty good. Oh, I wasn't too bad, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is when you compare it to Enterprise and Voyager, it probably wouldn't even make my bottom 20 anymore. Uh huh. It's bad, but is it as bad as I don't know the haunting of Deck Twelve, <laughs> or that time everybody everybody on on Voyager melted, or all of season three of Enterprise? Uh huh. Every episode, never forget. Oh God, Hoshi and the Beast. Oh dear, I did yeah. forget about that one. Was that the one yeah. in the castle? Yes. yes. Never watched it. There's a guy psychically calling out to her, and she literally ends up trapped in his castle because he wants her there, like Beauty and the Beast. Never watched yeah. it, but I did see it previously on that featured it. Uh, yeah. I would recommend continuing to not see it. it I shall one of the worst it. episodes of this very bad show. <laughs> <laughs> Just awful. I don't. Know, do we have anything else to say about the next gen guys? Like, I mean, it was a big part of it, but I don't know. It's, it's just yay next gen guys. Yeah, like, no, it was really nice seeing them. There. I like the I like both those guys. I can't remember yeah. if I've said Riker should be better at making decisions or not. He definitely should oh. be. Yeah, the way they framed it was there's a bit basically between commercial breaks in the episode The Pegasus where he's trying to decide whether he should tell Picard about this other captain thing that he went through. And a a normal sort of heroic character would think about it and say, yes, this is the right thing. And not go watch an old garbage historical reenactment. Like, what? 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 Yeah. Uh, Just as long as I don't remember. I don't know, guys. Whenever I have a tough dis... Sorry. Yeah. What's that, Matt? I don't know. Every time I, w- I have a hard decision to make, I definitely go watch a movie. As long as you don't watch Enterprise. Yeah. 
Never. I wonder what the Ghostbusters would do in a case like this. <laughs> oh, go out of business. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. It's a sign, all right. <laughs> yeah. It just, it was such a, I mean, really, it's the show in a nutshell. It's, it's such a waste of potential. There's so mm-hmm. many things, even after 97 episodes that weren't very good, you could have tied it all in a bow and made something out of it. I, I think that's the, the biggest sin just yeah. Enterprise had just, you know, getting past the, the bad writing and the fine acting and so on. Um, just th- this is just four years of completely wasted potential. Yeah. And and tied up in a nice little bow at the end with like, uh, well, we couldn't do anything. We already wrote the script. So shrug. Yeah. What? What? Okay. You guys had a whole team of writers at this point. If you didn't like your script, make maybe let them take a pass at it. Let yeah. Judith and Garfield, Reeve Stevens, give it a try. Those guys are pretty good. Mm-hmm. But no. Or we could just keep shrugging and churning out terrible episodes after terrible episodes. Just, ah. Uh, ah, oh, I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much. But we never have to watch it again. Ah. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, I just feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders that I didn't know was there for the past year. We did get, we did, well, we did get one last mention of Catfish. Yep. Uh, As Riker was talking to all the guys, like the the dumb uh, sort of connecting story thing was he's filling in as chef and not from South Park. Um, And... Uh, asking everyone what their favorite food is. You get, we're gonna have one final meal, and you all get your favorite meal. And of course, Trips is catfish. Um, but uh, then we also get uh, Hoshi talking about Trip and saying, "When I met him, he was fixing boat engines." And like, it's canon. Yep, that dumb thing we made up about Trip is real. Just like every other dumb thing we made about up about Trip, like yeah. his engineering experience comes from living in the swamp, fixing boats. This is the only way you know that I didn't travel back in time to create Trip is I wouldn't have exploded him. Yeah, well, I mean, you weren't the only like you might have contributed things to the writers' room, but ultimately, Rick Berman said, "No, he's got to die." Oh no, I would have fought for this. Yeah. I would have physically fought Rick Berman for this. The only the only thing that can beat Rick Berman is Ira Stephen Bear, and you're no Ira Stephen Bear, man. That's true. But I could get a real bear. But if you had the Vulcan <laughs> fighting music, that might have helped. Ooh. It definitely would have helped. Or at least sung it to yourself while you did it. I mean, I'm usually doing that anyway, so. Yeah. Um, What else? Anything? Oh, okay. Here's the thing. Um, Near the very end, there's a bit where Archer's about to give his dumb speech, and uh, to Paul's fixing his uniform, like fixing his tie or whatever. Um, and Memory Alpha points out this is an homage to like a time when Keiko did this for O'Brien and when Bever did it for Picard. <laughs> and it's like, so this is an homage to all the times that, that female characters were there to prop up the male heroes by dressing them because they're idiots. Mm-hmm. And she says the line, this is stuck in Amanda's craw for a whole week. <laughs> you look so heroic. What? First of all, what does that look like? Second yeah. of all, he's wearing a uniform that everyone wears. Yep. Third of all, she's a Vulcan, and why would she ever say anything like that? Yep. Fourth of all, he's not a hero. Yeah. <sighs> so everything I've done this week, Amanda just says, you know, you look pretty heroic right now. <laughs> you know, the nice thing about the time jump is that that, uh, that ship they abandoned finally got home. Maybe. Or maybe yeah. they died. They're probably dead. There's probably mm-hmm. I want to write a, no- a novel that is just like ship of skeletons. It's just <laughs> three hundred pages discovering the like d- describing these guys being dead. 
because Archer left them there. Uh, Maybe in the time never... jump, the, the uh, meaning of heroic change to stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can only Let's... hope. Language does evolve like that from time. Mm. Oh, sure. So maybe she was, you, you look pretty stupid. <laughs> I mean, inflammable and flammable are synonyms, so yeah. it's certainly possible. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, uh, you can't have an appearance of uh, uh, Counselor Deanna Troy without also mentioning Reg Barkley. That's oh, jeez. Like you know, law. like, yep. just one more time, we gotta, oh, yes, and I have to go make sure that Reg is all right. You're just never going to, like, that guy's shackled himself to you for life. He's great, and he's going to go off and uh, help out Voyager later. <sighs> like, she's going to be, like, admiral of, like, uh, the psychological branch of Starfleet Medical, and he'll mm. still be there somehow. Yeah, she'll be yeah. admiral of Barclay. And let's <laughs> not forget, this is the dude who was stalking her in his first yep. appearance. Like, yep. Her and her co-workers, he just had a creepy sex video he made. Uh-huh. Blah. Not good. All right. Anything else? I think that's everything. What about you, Gavin? Just, just, just that we don't hear the speech. Not that I really wanted to, but you know, it was all building up to that at the very end. No, I would have like, giving, yeah, the speech. I think the implication yeah. was that space, the final frontier, that whole bit was the speech, which doesn't make yeah. sense because it's not really a speech. But also because then we get the montage. It starts with him and goes to Kirk and goes to Picard, and I think. That was implied, but it doesn't make any sense. Just like everything else, it doesn't make any sense. Sure. And the only other thing is they, they ended up with computer end program, which you could have predicted from the very start. Uh-huh. Computer end program, delete. <laughs> yeah. Well, could we then extrapolate from that that Enterprise never existed? I was just going to oh, say that, like... yes. Uh, Al, no, it's the only thing that exists now. I, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Kelvin universe, that's true. Yep. And I mean, it was it was a theory everyone had, but I mean, in the last movie in um, uh, Beyond, we saw the uniforms and one of the old ships. Like, yep, it's definitely canon now. Balthazar oh, Edison had to fight the Zindi. Yeah, that's true. Which is weird because only Archer fought the Zindi. Like thinking back on that, it doesn't make any sense. I had to fight the Zindi. But Archer's the one who did that, man. Shut up! You. I'm Balthazar Edison, and I had to fight the Zindi. Uh, anything else? No. <laughs> no. We, we finished. We've done it. It's all done. We did uh, it. What do you got for an alternate title, Gaff? I've got part one of the Pegasus arc. <laughs> the unfortunate thing with that is I wrote that, then went on Memory Alpha, and it's pretty much there. Oh, <laughs> it is too. Everything's an arc. I th I saw you had an asterisk here. I wasn't sure what what that was. Yeah, about. That, that's that's, that's what that denotes that it is in fact true. Once again, my crazy exaggeration has become a real thing. My my assumption was that it's a star to remind you that this is Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did say the words "next generation" in this, and oh. a couple other like nods and winks. And well, they said stuff. the next generation. They said all good things. They uh -huh. said I'm sure there was something else. Probably. They spent 20 minutes standing around saying, isn't Jordy great? Jordy. <laughs> Jordy. Mm. Uh -huh. Just great. Jordy. <laughs> I mean, he was great. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. But you're starting to sound like Hugh now. <laughs> He's my friend. I love Jordy. Hugh. Um, where, the is, very where is Jordy? And the very last one were the same, apparently, that, that uh, oh. Archer says. 
What are they? Uh, he said something like uh, to boldly go or something like that. Oh, right. Yeah, they showed uh, Kid Archer playing with the model ship, and he says that. That's right. Mm. And he was supposed to have been quoting Zephram Cochran, so... I Which I quite liked in that they didn't hang a lantern on it. They just, you know, had it be yeah. a thing. Yeah. No, that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you got? Take that promise I made with my friend eight years ago. <laughs> oh, we're going to be patting ourselves on the back so much over this. Uh-huh. Not not just because we did it, but because we made it through the worst part. Like, uh-huh. It, in a movie, we really got to, like, the, the hardest part of the struggle in the third act, so... You know, it makes a good story, if nothing else. Yeah. The story of us struggling, like, hey, this is pretty good. Oh, God, it's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> what have we done? Yeah. Uh, and my alternate title was 98 Hours of My Life That I'll Never Get Back. Yeah. But that's it. Like, this is the sound of me dusting my hands. And once I pull the quotes that that uh, you guys chose, I will be deleting these from my hard drive. Like, <clears throat> it's all over. We're done. <sighs> and... On to the new thing, on to Discovery. In, yes. In two weeks' time. Um, that means nothing to you, because unless you're listening to this while we record it. Uh, on June 30th, <laughs> at the Pocket Theater in Seattle, we will be recording a live episode where we are covering the first episode of Discovery and officially, as of that point, become the most accomplished Star Trek podcast ever produced. Mm-hmm. So uh, we would love it if you could come see us. It is a pay-what-you-will thing, but uh, if you could go to thepocket.org and click like RSVP, We'd appreciate it. Uh, we're going to review the episode. We'll have a big old party. Yep. Uh, celebrating that we never have to think about Rick Berman ever again. Really excited about that. Um, but before that, uh, we will be doing the uh, uh, mail episode like we always do the supplemental. If you want to write to us, post Atomic Horror at Gmail. And we will be doing our, uh, is it semi-annually? Is that what you call it when it's twice a year? Uh, biannually? Bi- bi- biannually? Biannually. Yeah, that's Triannually. Biannual. Our biannual uh, uh, meetup with uh, Irish Gav and his friend English Gav uh, to sort of exchange two unrelated sci-fi things and, and review them. And we'll mm-hmm. be doing that next week as well. Looking forward to that. Um, Gav, is there anything else you want to plug or tell the people about or anything? No, just that. Look forward to I... that. I haven't watched them mm-hmm. yet, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we haven't either, but but we made a uh, a concerted effort. This was actually English Gav's idea. Why don't we watch something that doesn't suck this time? Is basically what he said. I'm paraphrasing, but could we watch something that isn't terrible? And uh, so we tried to choose things that that are actually good. So. Yeah. Hopefully this hopefully this thing we we saw isn't. isn't oh, did you terrible. not take that into account when you chose it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, it, yeah, I haven't seen it, and I haven't seen it. Gav saw it years and years ago, so. Oh, that always goes well. I remember mm-hmm. this fondly from childhood. So if you've got anyone to blame, blame him. Well, they were going to anyway, so. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we definitely chose something good, and I stand by it. It is a good and and uh, often overlooked genre show. Uh, so look forward to that. Um, the website, as usual, postatomichorror.com. Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We yep. are on Twitter, at Algar, at Robot Matt. Uh, I think think that's all for now uh reminder i'm gonna be on brian's show tinseltown this week oh yeah just yeah, want to shout will be that out doing, uh something that we were surprised to learn you didn't choose yourself that's exciting. Mm-hmm, absolutely and you should check that show out anyway it's a lot of yeah. fun and uh apparently i'm on the week after so yes that's exciting so look forward to that but uh that's all for and now. uh that's it see you, enterprise i hate you <laughs>
The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this. 